All right, I have an interview now that I conducted around a week ago with Philip Kelly and Chris McBride from the Wellington Media Collective. Their new exhibit, Not Neutral, is showing at the Dunedin Public Art Gallery currently. This interview is around half an hour long, so if it's not your thing, maybe tune in, tune out. But it is very interesting. It gets more interesting as the interview goes on. So I recommend sticking around, having a listen to what the boys have to say. If you want to get in contact with me while the interview is playing, or just for music later on in the show, don't really mind, 0212 Radio 1, 021 272 3461. That's how you can reach me. Alright, enjoy the interview, strap on in. Chris McBride and Philip Kelly from the Wellington Media Collective. I'm talking to Philip Kelly and Chris McBride from the Wellington Media Collective. Have you enjoyed your week thus far in Dunedin? Immensely. Immensely? Yeah. Are you just saying that? No, I'm telling you for real. (laughs) (laughs) It's been a trifle cold in spots. It has been, eh? Yeah, but not too bad. It's been really good. Great people to be working with yeah, up there. The, staff at the gallery are fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Really good. Yeah. yeah. And have you both travelled from Wellington to be here this week? No, I travelled from Auckland. Oh, yeah. fantastic. And I've actually, in, in real terms, I've travelled from Amsterdam to be here with you this morning. Oh, wow. What are you doing in Amsterdam at the moment? Uh, graphic design. Fantastic. Yeah. I, I, That's amazing. I, I moved uh, a year ago. I moved a lot, but... Um, okay. Moved a year ago with my wife's job, so I'm um, basically all my works for pr- pretty much all the work I'm doing is still for back here. Mm-hmm. So last year I spent half the year working on kind of art space projects for New Zealand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Um, so I am sat with two former members of the Wellington Media Collective, um, which operated from 1978 until 1998. What was the WMC's vision when it was first created and how did that develop and change as time went on? Yeah, that's... So the collective started from conversations between a group of uh, New Zealanders who were living in um, London and involved in activist projects that were going on in London, and particularly there was a lot of anti-apartheid work, uh, Mm. uh, demonstrations and um, activity going on at the particular time they were there. Uh, At the same time in Wellington there was a group group of friends who were uh, discussing how to get the message out for community organisations, for trade unions, for political organisations in a much better way uh, than was happening at that at that time. So when all of these people had a conversation when they all came back together, mm-hmm. um, and they were a group of friends, uh, uh, the collective was formed. So that was, that, that was effectively formed in 1978. Um, I wasn't a founding member, but almost. I, I, okay. I joined the collective in 1979. And the collective really, um, it changed, but it, in the first 10 years it was analogue and, and was very uh, involved in, in, in creating works which were hand-done, uh, screen-printed, um, some offset printing, but mostly screen-printed, and um, pasted up on the streets. Mm-hmm. Um, I've sometimes referred to it you know, as a time when uh, we we were like uh, Facebook is today for getting a message out, or social media is today. Our social media was on the streets at that time, and I think we're 
quite like to reclaim the streets. Thank you very much, Fenton Billboard. <laughs> we have the same kind of paste-up culture in Dunedin. Yes, everywhere. constantly there. fighting against Fenton Billboards. Um, so how did you first, both of you first get involved in the collective? You, you, you should do your first first quiz, I guess, because oh. we're still in the kind of the first decade. The first phase? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So I'd, be, I'd been uh, working up in the Wairarapa, um, mm -hmm. where Philip comes from, and uh, I, I was working as a, a detached youth worker, uh, working with a gang, um, and working in a collective culture, trying to work out collective um, work projects. Uh, and um, the person who was uh, a ministry of internal affairs um, connection supervisor was a member of the collective and she said oh you know come for a visit sometime when you're down in Wellington well I went for a visit and never left really um, oh, wow. and I, I became one of the uh, designers and, and, and printers, screen printers um, uh, alongside uh, David Kent, who was one of the founding members who's since passed away, um, Aroha Mai, um, and he, he, was, he was one of my key mentors in terms of um, taking my fairly anarchic design skills into a different level. Mm. Mm -hmm. And what about you, Philip? Well, in interestingly for me too, I, um, I, I joined in 1987, so I was a full-time working designer there from 87 to 94. Um, David, who Chris just mentioned, was a mentor for me as well. Um, at that time, I, I, I'd come out of design school and I worked in kind of in the arts community in Wellington. So I had worked at Downstage Theatre and then I was the designer at the City Gallery. Um, the previous designer at the City Gallery is a woman called Sharon Murdoch, who, who's now a highly celebrated political cartoonist in New Zealand. And the designer before Sharon at the City Gallery was David Kent. So there was this kind of continuum of you'd go, you'd go through the gallery and then once you'd done your time at the gallery, the only place to go to was the Media Collective. So after I'd done a couple of years at the gallery, Sharon's like, oh, I should come for a visit at the Collective and meet Dave. And at that point, Dave, uh, David was doing the most phenomenal design work, I think, of anyone in, in Wellington. Uh, and the work was so visible because the posters were on the street everywhere, you know. And 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 the, the collective at that by that point was was known for for two really strong strands of work. There was the political and kind of community and activist aspect, and then all the arts-based stuff. And so that kind of obviously aligned with where my head was at. And I just walked in the door, and some same as Chris yeah. stayed for a long time. Um, it's it's worth noting that you know, the way that we kind of describe about the two eras where there's the kind of analog first decade and then we moved into digital. Uh, in, in that first decade, the screen printing studio was a community access studio, and so uh, arts organisations and bands and people and, and you know political groups and activist groups could come into the collective, would be taught how to screen print by Dave and Chris. And then once they knew what to do, they could just come and rent rent the facilities oh, and right. make their own work. So there was that. So there was kind of a dual kind of dual capacity, if you will, for, mm. for that part of the studio. And then of course there was the design work that the collective members did for their clients, I guess, or if you want to call them that, we wouldn't really. And the other thing to note is, you know, by by the time I had arrived, we were kind of functioning like a proper, you know, like a commercial design studio. Yeah, I was going to say, you got paid. Yeah, we did. We paid, but we paid ourselves a nominal wage. So, okay. we, paid, so we were paid just a bit more than the dole. So, mm -hmm. you know, and, but we only, like, the, the way that it was structured, we only needed to, to do... Uh, 20 hours charging time a week okay. to to break even basically so oh, that wow. was kind of the that was where the water level was at yeah 
Um, and so, you know, we, that was what we kind of worked around. So it was very... Um, I wouldn't say that it was casual. It was quite... We, you know, we, we got in and we did our work, but it was very, um, very, very different from working in a commercial design practice that had, you know, profit profit imperatives and all that kind of stuff as well. Yeah, and prior, prior to that, uh, when it was completely volunteer, uh, all, all of us... Well, uh, actually, I was unemployed, so I spent most of my time there. Um, uh, uh, you know, did a, did the day job, and then came in in the evenings and weekends to to work with um, you know our, our, on our jobs. So uh, every Monday we would have a, a a group meeting, a collective meeting, and people would bring in uh, particular organisations that wanted to. Uh, create a poster, create a leaflet, create a newspaper, whatever it might have been that we were working on, and we would we would divvy up that work. Uh, we had uh, at that stage we still had um, some offset printing as well. We had a small printer, uh, and there was a small group involved with that. We had a a group of photographers, uh, you know. So there was a broad. It was a kind of the collector was quite broad range. We even had a, a, a left wing bookshop. Uh, associated with us, and uh, as as Phil says, you know we had these community organisations coming through as well to to learn to print and then taking taking over basically when they would come in. We would charge them three dollars a day, and that included coffee and biscuits, uh, <laughs> and and then they paid for the the materials as well. So um, uh, that you know there was no there was no take by us apart from the cost of materials mm. for the for the people so it made it really accessible uh, one of the, one of the one of the key uh, other users of the of of our space our studio was was the braille collective uh, who were um, you may have heard of them um, Dunedin should have heard of the Braille Collective. But, they were uh, performative. Sure. They were performance uh, music uh, and all sorts of things. And there's members of the Braille Collective that are still involved. And in, they were kind of jazz, jazz, and, not jazz. They would come yeah. from kind of jazz and classical yeah. backgrounds. But the, the yeah. Braille Collective were highly active um, as a musical collective in Wellington around that same period. Yeah. So Janet Roddick and David Long and and the Donaldson brothers. They're still super notable. And you know. Uh, musicians in Wellington. Mm. So yeah, they yeah. they printed their first eight record covers. Yeah, so they they, oh, wow. they designed Beautiful works, they so. designed their own record sleeves and they hand screen yeah. printed them at the collective and those works are amazing. Yeah. So when we first when we first curated the exhibition and did the book, we had sections in the exhibition of other people's works. So we had a, a you know a small cluster of the Braille work posters and record sleeves. Uh, and then you know some uh, the the women's gallery you know like, and then we had some other kind of community clusters as well as the the, work, the Boston. The other thing that's worth noting is that, uh, during that time uh, between Chris and David especially the the quality of the screen printing got to a level where they became printers fine art edition printers for right. contemporary artists as well. Wow. So at the show at, at at the Dunedin Public Art Gallery you'll see examples of limited edition works by notable New Zealand artists that were printed. At the collective too, so, and, and yeah. some of those works of the DPEG are the only copies remaining. Is that all correct? of the works there? Are all the of only them. Wow. Copies. Well, they're not all the only copies, but they are. Yeah, you. Sorry, I'll, I'll rephrase that. <laughs> yes, you're quite correct. Some of them are the only copies that are yeah. available. Yeah. Um, um, others, there might be one or two extra copies, but it's pretty minimal. 
Most of them got pasted up and pasted yeah, over exactly. really quickly, which yeah. is crazy when you look at some of them and the amount of labour that went into these multicoloured screen prints. Yeah. You know, and then... But again, there was a there was a kind of camaraderie, I guess, or... the Because the street wasn't commodified at that point, I guess, you know, so the artist community in Wellington, everyone you, pretty much knows each other. I'm sure it's the same here, you know. Yeah. And so you wouldn't paste over someone else's stuff if it was still pertinent, you know, or whatever, mm. you know, whereas now, you know, you have to buy space and if you don't, you're going to get pasted over, right? Yeah. yeah. Anyway. And, I mean, did this focus on increasing the accessibility through the graphic medium um, towards a, a much wider and diverse audience have the intended effect? Do you think a more diverse range of people started paying attention and engaging in these issues? I, I think so. I think it was a really important part. Uh, going back to that whole idea of, you know, with, with one of our more famous southern artists, Colin McCann, talking about making works that people could walk by, we did that all the time. Yeah. We made, and, and so the, the engagement with community was really big. Uh, the engagement with the, the people that wanted to get their message out was was re really huge. An example of that was the you know during the anti-apartheid 1981 Springbok tour period, our 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 place was a hub. Yeah. Uh, you know people were coming and going all the time, producing uh, work with us. Uh, some people bringing their own work that they wanted to produce, but mostly we were we were designing and producing. And you'll see examples of that in the exhibition. That, that cover off uh, an aspect of, of, of what was going on at that particular time. But I remember one time where we created uh, a number of uh, banners for people to carry and, 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 you know, we created flags, we, we, we created posters for the streets and, and when that was done, we then went out with those communities and pasted them up on the streets yeah. as well. So there was a full 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 engagement, and um, you know, pushing that in in, in a, a large number of areas before that. Uh, and and again, this was a large amount of days' work, and I had some involvement in this as well, working with uh, Māori organisations uh, to to create an awareness around. Uh, Tino Rangatira Tanga and 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 engaging and, and getting people more aware of what was going on in, in that area and you'll see examples of that in the in, in the exhibition as yeah. well. Were you working with local iwi quite heavily through that time period? More local activists okay. uh, than specific iwi. So it was it was kind of uh, you know um, I mean with Dave's work it was uh, Tamatakite or Aotearoa you know, another organisation that, that doesn't actually have a presence anymore. Uh, our first exhibition at the Adam Art Gallery, we, we created a, a list, a banner list, which was 11 or 12 metres long, uh, hung through the atrium there, that, that covered off about 250 names of some of the organisations that we worked with in that time. And what is really clear when you look at it is the number of organisations that have a real big strong presence in our alternate history, our activist history that that have uh, pushed the barrow out and made some of the things that we now take for granted uh, as as you know if it wasn't for those people and we were just a small part in that. Yeah, I mean, I think also 
when you talk about you know the kind of the activist and the political side of that, the way that bled into the arts aspect was really fluid as well, um, and perhaps not especially with the with the Māori issue stuff, but most definitely, you know, like say for example, I was doing because by the time I came on stream, I was very much kind of an arts and culture person, you know, more focused in that than than the activist stuff. But then I was working with Hayata, which was a Māori women's artist collective. We worked on the Manatility show uh, at the City Gallery in 1990 uh, during the commemorations of the signing of the, the the treaty, which was a really huge project for me, really important. And so, you know, so the 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 difference between what can be bundled up as as an activist work or you know or, mm. or cultural work. You know, there's a lot of bleeding and kind of dialogue between those supposed spaces, obviously, you know. Yeah. yeah. I mean, because you were working with trade unions and activists and, and protest movements, all very emotionally and politically volatile issues that you're dealing with, uh, were you ever presented or had some sort of encounter that either you felt you couldn't <coughs> do justice to in print or you just refused to work with? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, it was. That's an interesting one, and it goes back to our meetings. We, when when we had our meeting, and we were divvying up the work between each of the people, depending on what it was. Uh, we we would discuss whether or not we would work with that people. There were very few that we didn't work with, but um, there was one organisation that we decided that we wouldn't um, work with, but we did give them an out with that one. Okay. Uh, we told them to give the money to to uh, it was a anti violence uh, women's anti violence group, uh, and this was a a, a church based organisation which okay, we didn't yeah. have much truck with, and and uh, we said, look, you give them the money um, and let them decide what is going to happen to that money. You take your you know your control of that money out of the picture, mm. and and we'll be okay with that. Yeah. But it was really quite an important um, statement in, in, in terms of our, our um, how how we worked as well. I mean, we, we self-selecting. Yeah, yeah, mostly. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. That's true. As too. you'd imagine. Yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, we we um, we were a non-aligned group. We were courted by most of the left-wing organisations. Yeah. We were left-wing, but we were not aligned, and that allowed us to work with any organisation that we wanted to. So we might not have been um, that, um, you know, up with the play with the uh, Trotskyists, but we would do something with them from yeah. time to time. Um, but if we had been aligned with, with the Communist Party or the Workers' Communist League or any of the other organisations that uh, were around at that time, those people wouldn't have come to us and, and talked to us about about working with us. We might not have been able to work with Greenpeace. We might not have been able to work with um, Hayata, for example, or, yeah. or whoever it might have been. We might not have had that uh, ability to work with a number of the, the galleries and the, and the theatres that we worked with as well. So, you know, um, I think we, we took that stance quite deliberately to be non-aligned, um, to be able to, to make quite clear decisions for ourselves what and whom we worked on or, or with you know and and it was that very clear thing of we will work with you not for you yeah 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 that was the title of that was the title of the of the exhibition as it stood in in, in earlier venues and obviously yes. this 
exhibition here is distinctively different um, insofar as that it's called something different, which yeah. is obviously not neutral, and that's the title and what you're seeing is a, a response to Matthew Galloway's work. Yes. So, yeah. so basically, Matt had devised his show, and he and the gallery came to us with this concept, and so and and they actually selected um, a cluster of works from our archive, and then we augmented them. So. This show is different in that we didn't curate it. It's been kind of, kind of semi-curated from the outside, then with input from us, um, okay. and so it's much more structured and tight. And so the the notion of n not neutral is relative to Matt's proposition or you know his investigation of, you know these things that are being bandied around, which are obviously really uh, pertinent to to Otago, with you know kind of offshore money coming in and people purchasing large tracts of land yeah. in and around certain parts of you know, Queenstown and so forth. So the two exhibits are rather complementary of one another? Absolutely. Ours is, ours is literally um, made in response to aspects of what's in Matthew's work. So yeah. there's, a, there's a direct dialogue there and the idea of the fact that this country isn't a neutral space for people to come in and buy up or whatever. Not that, I mean, not that we're focusing strictly on that. I mean, that's one, one of the launching pads, but as a way for us to reconstruct aspects of the archive, to show that, you know, the history and the people and the landscape and the culture are not neutral spaces. Yeah. They're contested spaces and they're constantly in contestation. And so, well, you can go into this exhibition and look at works that were done, you know, going going back into the late 70s, around key themes and see how all of those issues are still very much in play. Mm. Yeah. And, and we were never neutral. Yeah, <laughs> I was going to say, what are your thoughts on neutrality? <laughs> oh my goodness. I'm not big on it. <laughs> um, did you work alongside Matthew Galloway for his The Freedom of the Migrant exhibit at any point? Well, we're in, we're in the spaces r right next to each okay, other, yeah. and there's actually quite a large opening between the, the two rooms. Um, so we're constantly kind of walking through each other's work and talking and discussing and refining. Yeah. But in terms of actually being hands-on involved in the realisation of his project, no, not okay. at all. And vice versa. Well, no, actually, well, no, the, no. Other way, the other way, it's more the other yeah. way around because yeah. they made a selection and then we kind of bounced and responded to that in terms yeah. of how, we, but would, I also think how we, we would present their selection, I guess. Yeah. Right? I also, yeah, and, but I also think that... that um, uh, Matthew was particularly interested in what we had yeah, been involved cause in. Yeah, because there's an educational aspect for him as a teacher. Yeah, and, and so he's bringing his uh, readings of us and yeah. and um, knowledge of us into what he's thinking, and, and I guess he's responding to some extent or addressing yeah. some yeah. of the issues that um, we have addressed in different different way. So yeah, there's, there's a loose kind of dialogue. So I've, it was yeah. obviously Matthew and, and, and Lucy Hammond that made the, the, the initial selection. Yeah. We augmented it, then we came up with a framework that was in response to aspects of his work. Okay. And then from there on we just, we, we uh, presented our proposal and they said yes without any alterations or amendments and now we're here painting walls and... I don't think we wrote anything though. I think we just had a conversation. That was a really good Oh, you thing. and I? No, no, no. Um, with with I mean, them? With, with, um... Right, yeah. 
with the with the with Lucy and and and, and Lauren. I was just, who knows exactly what I happened? I, 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 I think we might have had an email or two. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah it was yeah, pre- yeah. pretty brief, but I mean, we, you know, we sent them we sent them kind of layout. You cons- do this, we'll con- do that. Concepts, <laughs> concepts, yeah. and and they've seemed quite happy with them, and then yeah. we just showed. Them. But yeah, we so we're doing one of the things we're doing quite differently here is there's only about well, 60... 65. 65 oh. posters. Mm-hmm. Um, previously, we've hung 220, 250 wow. posters. A lot, obviously, a lot more. Yeah. Um, and, and these big kind of timeline hangs. Uh, but, but we've painted the galleries as well. We've painted yeah. text in the galleries. So it it's, looks really cool. So, <laughs> so the, the kind of the installation component of it is really different from what we've done before. And that's, a, that's a del- again, deliberately in response to... The kind of co-papa in, in, in Matthew's work, mm-hmm. um, and as a way of us refreshing our thoughts about certain themes, yeah, and and to make sh- and and to be really clear that this is a really different proposition from the exhibitions that we've done previously, even though we're drawing on the same archival material. Yeah, yeah. And one of the, one of the things that I think we've integrated uh, to some extent is that we've integrated the the political work with the the arts based work as well and it's really nice to see how they talk to each work other with each other yeah, yeah i mean pre- previously and this was just really as a way of um, being able to gather vast amounts of content and rationalize it both within the book and within the earlier exhibitions so we it was just a broad and simple thing to go you know, kind of um, politics, uh, you know, kind of politics, activism, community, and arts and culture mm. as a way of sort of differentiating the different sort of strands of, of output. And that's how we assembled and hung the work in yeah. the earlier shows. And as Chris says in this one, they're all together, they're all mixed in together, um, clustered around certain thematics. And the integration but, is good. But, but, in, but, but in one singular hang, mm-hmm. kind of like a salon hang. You yeah. Know? yeah. Yeah. And do you think that. Um these messages and issues that you're highlighting are not neutral still permeate and remain relevant in a contemporary setting. Very much so. Absolutely. You know, when 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 you see Taika Waititi uh, making uh, very pertinent uh, statements about racism in New Zealand, mm-hmm. and you look at uh, you know some of our posters and, on s- the and wall seeing and, and seeing what the responses. Yeah, to that. You know, you know that you're hitting the right buttons, and that we, uh, you know, that he's hitting the right buttons, but also that you know, God, you know, we're too old to be sort of protesting this shit, as uh, as the saying goes, and and and, um, but we still are, you know, and uh, to be highlighting those issues that were in. You know, of 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 race, of gender, of 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 uh, work, uh, of the education, e- e- ecological matters, yeah, too as well. So you know, there's probably four main themes that Lucy was really looking at in terms of the work, right? Yeah, yeah. So and all of those things are really super current. You know, mm. uh, how how we how we deal with our environmental issues. Obviously, we're really coming to a head around that again. Uh, you know. You know the the, the Māori thing, as Chris has just talked about, absolutely. Uh, well, women's it's women's it's rights, not me just too. It's a Māori thing either. Yeah. It's a well, yeah, it's it's everyone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but obviously, the 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 kind of visibility that we helped certain people gain at that time is still really necessary across all of those fronts. I think mm. we kind of need a new Wellington Media Collective. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's a good hey, point. 
Yeah, I mean, you know, it's enjoy, well, the thing is, like, well, so needing one. So, well, yeah, exactly. well, it could, could be anywhere, right? It could be all yeah. But like with with Matt's students, so he's using these exhibitions to upskill or, or to teach his students about how to work collectively and kind of issues using you know using design to articulate issues based content. Um, and the potential, and Chris will come and do some workshops with the students as well. Yeah. So, you know, there's the potential that a cluster of his students may go, why don't we do that, you know? So the idea is that whenever we stage these exhibitions, we do, you know, we do workshops with students and we do floor talks and so forth, and hopefully that content activates people to want to engage and do things for themselves as well because mm. anyone can do it yeah you know it's yeah. pretty simple and i mean obviously in a in a city like like this one where you have large student populations the potential for people to you know harness that youthful energy and 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 desire to affect change is you know potentially really strong in a community like this i would think yeah yeah, yeah i totally agree yeah Thank you both of you for coming in and chatting to me today for the Dunedin Public Art Gallery Late Breakfast. And thanks to the DPAG for bringing you along. It was very nice. <laughs> very nice. Um, thanks, guys. Thank you. Really Thank you. Thanks, thanks for having us.